Um, I'm recording again. Do we need to clappity clap or should we just let it motherfucking ride? No, there's no clappity clap because you have my audio now. That's the clappity clap. My audio is in your hands. My audio is in your hands. Too much audio in your hands to not enough audio to not be in your hands. In a world. Dude, I could just do that all day long. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Well, I did notice after I did it a couple times, I kind of just stayed in that register for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I started off doing that, and then I was like, I'll just stay down here and sound interesting to the uh, listeners. Like, what the fuck's wrong with him? I don't know, but goddammit, I sound interesting. Man, I thought uh, when they were doing that Dos Equis commercial that I was like, man, we should we should propose that we do a thing where we're the world's most interesting band. Of course, it was just an idea. Nobody ever pursued it. I don't know what you're talking about. Dude, the world's most interesting man. The Dos Equis uh, guy? Stay, stay thirsty, my friends. Yeah, the Dos Equis guy. I love those commercials. But then that guy got so old, he got like Harrison Ford old. And then it was like, mm, sorry, dude. And then they tried to bring in a young guy, and everybody was like, we don't like that guy. Sorry, I'm not paying attention to you. My wife's kind of up my ass about the snow day. She's just like really adamant that I take Nova out in the snow. <sighs> How do you feel about it? Um, I'm annoyed because, you know, I have shit to do today like this. And, I, you know, the snow day is disrupting that. And she thinks that I should just drop everything for snow day. Well, I thought I was going to have just a, a whole day uh, just to relax and chill and then also take a nap before my show tonight. That ain't happening. No. Because I got a little sick, sick bambino in there. We're just a couple of grumpy papa bears. Yeah, but, I mean, again, I do think this is true. If you're If you get to a certain age and you're not, at least somewhat grumpy, something's wrong. I mean, I totally agree. Because it's like, yeah, something's wrong. You're not paying attention. You're not right. You're not being affected by the sharp edges of life. Right. Because life's just real prickly all the fucking time. Yeah. And then you got people like Bill Murray, who obviously is very smart, very bright. But he's like, you know what? I'm not going to... I'm not going to go down that way. I'm just going to embrace everything and see how that goes. Is that what he does? He embraces everything? Yeah, but I th- here's the other thing he does, dude. Here's what I know about life. Here's what I know about life. Everything goes better than those Aggies. Stay thirsty, my friends. Dude, here's what's fun. Everything, as long as you're drinking. Right. Guess what Bill Murray does? Drinks. Here's what Bill Murray wouldn't do. Any of it if he wasn't drinking. He'd try that for one day, and they'd be like, are you drinking? Nope. And then they'd be like, okay, blah, blah, blah. He'd be like, excuse me, bye-bye. And then you'd never see him again. He's like super zany, right? Like I remember there was a big deal at South By one year where he like just showed up in this bar and bartended for like all night. He was just poured people drinks all night. Right. You're not doing that. You're not doing that if you're sober. So I used to smoke a lot. And then what I found out was I'd be having a conversation with somebody and I'd be smoking and I could have that conversation all day long because 
I wasn't really listening to what the other person said. I mean, I was just enough to kind of stay in the conversation, but really what I was doing was smoking. So now I quit smoking and then somebody be like, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, go fuck yourself, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> and that'd be gone. And then people were like, hey man, you used to listen to what I had to say. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. I was smoking, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I just love the unnecessary meanness. <laughs> well, fuck, dude. The last thing I want to do is listen to some bumblehead fucking just blobbity, blobbity, blah, blah, blobbity, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Dude, I'm telling you. I have no tolerance. Here's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to creative, uh, interesting people. And if you're not that, here's... I'd, here's the other person I want to talk to. I want to talk to fans at the end of a show because I appreciate them and I care about them and uh, and it's why I get to live this beautiful, charmed life. So I do want to talk to them, say hi to them, not for long, but enough to you know connect and say hi. But here's what I don't want to do. Go to a party and have some banker. Or I don't know who, whatever. Somebody just come up and said, so blah, bitty, blah, bitty, blah, blah. I'm like, what? <laughs> now, if they come up and go, hey, do you think there's hookers in hell or hookers in heaven? I'm like, oh, yeah, let's talk about hookers in heaven, motherfucker. I'll talk about that all day long. <laughs> oh, God. Here's what there are, by the way, hookers in heaven. If there's a heaven, it's all hookers. There's, guess what there's not in heaven? Virgins. You know why? Because everybody's fucking everybody. Oh, dude, here's the other thing I just thought about recently because I was talking. Oh, my God, dude. I had this conversation with this guy. He was so nice, super cool, real creative, real talented guy. But he was real religious, like to the point where he like was wearing like a crucifix outside of his like turtleneck. Pretty <laughs> turtleneck. He had a turtleneck on. But... I, I'm telling you, I love this guy. And so immediately, you know, because he's just, <clears throat> I feel like a vampire, you know, staring at that crucifix. So eventually <laughs> I'm like, hey, are you pretty religious? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, let's talk, you know, let's get into it. Let's talk about heaven. Let's talk about hell and stuff. And at one point he just said something like, yeah, I guess I'm fine with people going to hell. Oh, <laughs> dude, I could, I was going insane. I was like, what? Because he just said it so nonchalantly. He was like, well, it's really not up to me. You know, I guess I'm fine with people going to hell. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, dude, don't be cool with that. Yes. Don't ever be cool with that. Yeah, it's like if you really believe that, that people are going to burn in hell. And, and there's no end to it. It's forever. Like, you really just made peace with that? That's a horrible, horrific idea i know and i was saying like okay so what if somebody goes to hell for a thousand years do you think that's enough time to have repented or do they need to do it for a billion years but even if they're in hell for a billion years then they have to be in hell for another billion billion years yeah and he's looking at me and my manager was there too and they're both like what do you mean a billion what do you mean by a billion billion i'm like <laughs> 
Am I speaking a different language or am I speaking a language called English, which we've all been speaking in this entire time? I love that you're the you're the guy that they can't understand, and he's the guy saying he's okay with people burning in hell forever with absolutely no evidence that any of that's real at all. Oh my god, dude. I was it was amazing to me. But having said all that, I really like this kid and uh and I really like my manager. And you know, whatever. It's you know, it, it's what it is. So is your manager super religious too? I don't here's we've never talked about religion yeah. but I I think you know I think he's yeah he's has some religious thing but I don't know what it is and I don't want to know and it's none of my business and I don't care. Let me encourage all of our listeners who may be struggling with what we're talking about. This idea of eternal hell is not in the Bible. It was made up later. And there's absolutely no you can still be religious and be a Christian or whatever. There's absolutely no good reason for you to believe in this idea of hell. It was invented to scare people and cajole people and uh, manipulate people. So be free of that. You don't need any of that crazy beliefs. Well, I'll tell you what it did for me, because I was really religious as a kid. It just drove me away from religion. So I don't I don't think it's a helpful idea. I, lo- I love the idea of Jesus and his teachings. And um, like, he's my favorite like superhero. And that was the other thing I was telling him. I was like, dude, Let's say you're at the pearly gates and Jesus is there. Is Jesus going to send anybody to hell? He's like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm like, no, he's not, dude. It's Jesus. Like, I might send somebody to hell if they, like, fucked with my kids. But Jesus ain't going to do shit. Jesus is only going to love. Unless he's a psychopath. But there is that idea, too. Like, it really has crossed my mind, like... Well, if you believe in hell, then you believe that God is a psychopath. Right. And I don't find that I don't find that comforting at all. I do feel like the some of the facets of God portrayed in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, they do seem like he is sort of a sadist and capricious and maniacal. I mean, he drowned the whole world, bro. <laughs> that's that's a pretty uh, unflattering story. Dude, every time I go on Instagram, I'm like, mm, yeah. Well, I understand why a man would want to drown the whole world, but not a god. And that's what's so God is to me obviously so man-made because he he so he so resembles the worst parts of a man. He's a father. He's jealous. I mean, you know, God Those are the best parts of being a man, being a father. And of course you're going to be jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I was kind of lumping a couple of things together. He he's 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 made in man's image. He's, he has all the characteristics of a man. And so all those things are nice. Yeah, he's a he's a caretaker. He's a father, a loving father, etc. But all the worst parts of a man too, uh enraged, jealous, um vengeful, um will smote you and fucking drown you and i mean the flood story is insane because other than a small group of people he killed every man woman and child and animal on the planet except for sea right life. could you imagine like killing your kids because they were like misbehaving and god god told abraham to kill his own kid as to show to prove how yeah how but much, that you know that was the first episode of punked <laughs> right whoops gotcha Sight. he's all like he's all like oh i guess i gotta do this uh, hold up, dude. Ashton, we're Co- filming this. This is a, we're just filming it. Don't kill your kid. Oh, really? Ashton Kutcher runs out from the, behind the fucking burning bush. Don't do it, bro. You've been punked, <laughs> dude. Bro. Look at there's cameras there, there, and there. Yeah. <laughs> what are ca- what what are cameras in Arabic? Bobby, do you shoot me? Shop. 
That's my Arabic. Pretty good. Shabushi mashi It's pretty good, dude. I don't even know what Arabic sounds like. Do you? Do your Arabic impression. Okay, you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. Hi, I'm. <laughs> it's me, Moses. <laughs> and boy, do I have some commandments for you. Oh I've been on God. Sinai for days. I'm hungry. Anyway, that's my best. Uh, that's Aramaic. my best Aramaic, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we have some additional emails to read if you'd like to dip into the emails. Yeah, now that we've literally uh, told a bunch of people who are religious to go fuck themselves. Well, I don't think we're saying that, but I do. I am glad you pushed back on that guy because there's there's a way to push back on it in uh, a totally like respectful way where you're like, dude, you shouldn't be okay with the idea that people burn in hell. In fact, you say it's one of the things that, that pushed you away from religion as a kid. It's definitely one of the main reasons that I started to think in my early 20s when I was devoutly religious and I was traveling and making music, and I met so many smart people that weren't religious, and I, I had to just deal with the fact, like, do I believe they're going to go to hell? These good people who are interesting and kind and smart? And it was like, ah, I'm, I'm done with that. Fuck that. And I was still religious, but I just basically gave that part up. And then it was just a slow de-escalation from all that shit. So I don't think we're trying to offend anybody, but the, yeah. the idea of hell, that's that's on them, bro. I'm not going to feel bad yeah, yeah. about... about um, scrutinizing that fucking idea because it's it's a horrible idea. It is, and it, it's it's clearly something that some dude came up with to try to get people to you know motivated to either obey some law or give them some something they needed. But I mean, I think a belief in God or I find it necessary. Like for me, I need that in my life for me to kind of stay on course and not lose all hope. And you know, it might be a made-up idea or whatever, but I find it extremely important in my life. I pray, I ask God for strength and for the ability to not, you know, hate everybody and stuff like that. And I find it very, I feel that it works in my life. Now, is that me tricking myself in some weird way or is that actually God helping me? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care. I just do it and it works. So... I I do believe in God. I just don't believe in any version of God that's been written about by people. That's all. Right. Well, that's fascinating. All right. Um, EOB writes in, our homie EOB, who's a new patron. He says, Morning, brothers. Hey, for what it's worth, really enjoyed episodes 60, 61, and 62. Very upbeat and loose. You guys were both clearly enjoying yourselves. He says, I and we realize it's not going to be like that every time because sometimes you're okay and sometimes you're just fucking not, as the premise so aptly purports. But I thought it was worth passing on to you boys that it's coming through. Best of luck to you both in the year ahead as it seems clear you both are hitting a pretty promising new stride with the podcast, a pretty epic, somewhat simultaneous three-year landmark in both of your other respective podcasts, and also seem to be taking some pretty bold steps in your personal and professional lives as well. Bravo, dudes. Bravo and fuck yeah. Yours and more than just okay, E-O-B. Oh, it's E-O-B. I gl- oh, it's so awesome that you waited until the end to let me know that was E-O-B. E-O-B's killing it with the emails, bro. E-O-B is killing it. John Powers writes in. He says, the best thing about Mondays. He says, hey, I got the move, boys. <laughs> he says, just wanted to drop a line and say things. By the way, you, they, drop the S. It's I got the moves, boy. Well, he wrote it with the S, so okay, yeah. I know he did. I know. 
That's what I'm, t- I'm not telling you. I'm telling okay, you. Okay, yeah. Wanted to drop a line and say thanks for putting your shows out on Mondays. Nobody likes Mondays, but at least on my morning commute, I can laugh along with two of the most entertaining songwriters around. Thanks for that. And thanks for reading my last email on the show. The performer in me loves hearing my own name, just the way that Bob loved hearing Gene Simmons say Bob Schneider. As a former stand-up comic and amateur musician, I can totally relate to your com- conversation about where inspiration comes from. Have either, have either of you read The War of Art right in line with the song club and pretty much says you have to sit down and wait for the muse to visit you? Have you read that, Bob? Man, I tried to read it. No dice. Is it The Art of War by Lao Tzu or whatever? This is The War of Art. So this is like... Oh. Isn't this what like the morning sessions come from? Yeah, the, uh, but that's called um, The Artist's Way. The Artist's Way. That's right. That's right. The War of Art is a 2002 nonfiction book written by American author Steve Pressfield, highlights the forms of resistance faced by artists, entrepreneurs, athletes, and others who are trying to break through creative barriers. He says, curious if you've thought about opening the song club up to regular people, guys or girls in their 30s thinking about getting the old band back together, or just people who want to be more creative and either reason, you could be sitting on the next big social media platform. I'm sure your inner circle's been benefited greatly from the consistency and accountability of the song club. Please think about it. I'd love to be a part of that creative community. It would be really exciting to look at the same phrase as Bob and Clint and see what I could do with it. Also, I'm doing something I started five years ago that I call Phoneless February. My apologies for not being more active on Twitter this month. You guys might dig it. I take a break from all social media for a month and only use my phone for calls and texts. I'm sure you both have stuff I'd normally click like on maybe next month. Thanks for doing what you do, John Powers. So we'll talk about that in a second. In terms of the song club, here's what I would encourage you to do, John, is start your own song club. And uh, you can curate it yourself, and you can come up with the phrase. You can find creative people in your community. Uh, there's uh, our friend Rachel Lloyd does a couple here in Nashville. I mean that the song club's kind of splintered off, and other people do them, right? Yeah, there's that's what I always tell people when they want to join mine. I'm like, just start your own. It's really easy. Just get friends or people that you know, um, and just come up with a phrase, and then you guys take you know just write a song and 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 have fun doing it. If you go online, there are song clubs out there online uh huge groups of you know thousands of songwriters i imagine it's i mean like just the thought of it it just sounds like an ocean of shit but who knows maybe not i mean i just assume that it's all bad well how very optimistic of you well i mean how do you feel about it i mean don't you think 100 percent agree yeah, exactly, dude. <laughs> Trying to fucking throw me to the sharks when I know you believe exactly what I just said. God damn it. 100%. 100%. Yeah. I just might not have said that, but there you go. Yeah. You're not wrong. He, hey, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. You're right. Um, You're right. This idea of phoneless February, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me, too. I, I, so often I just want to throw my fucking phone in the garbage can. Well, I'll tell you, here's what I, here's what I did a while back, and I think it's a great thing to do. I turned off my news notifications on my phone because for a long time, every time I'd look at my phone, it was like some trolling news headline. I was like, what? What is this? And then I'd click on it and then I'd be like, get all outraged. So I turned that off. So now when I look at my phone, it's just a text message or nothing. And that's much better than the other thing where I was spending a lot of time looking at the news because all the news is doing right now, all of it. Depending on who you are and and what what side of the fence you're on, they're just trying to make you click on something so they can make money. And I'm telling you, man, it, depending on on what you click on and what you don't click on, you're getting news 
that's just meant to fucking get you fucking upset. It's real fucked up. Right, yeah. I, well, one of the things that I did is I went through all my social media stuff and I intentionally unfollowed anything political. Because now they, they've just calibrated it all to where you even see shit you don't even want to see based on who you follow. So anyone that generates an algorithm that pushes political stuff to, to my face, I turned it off. And I don't miss it. I don't feel like I'm out of the loop. It all seems super bullshitty to me. And I'm way happier just not paying attention to it. Dude, I'm telling you, it, as soon as I did that, I it helped. It, it made my life better. Uh, Caitlin M. writes in and says, Dudes, Kate here. I was born and raised in Austin and grew up with Bob blasting through my speakers. I've been a big fan ever since I first heard The Ugly Americans. Really appreciate the music and your unique vibe. Austin would never have become as cool without you. Uh, I'm new to listening to podcasts in general and really enjoying listening to Bob and Clint. Thank you both for helping me get through the work week with smiles and laughs. She says, I think the sleep apnea character was named Deborah. I honestly don't care what her name is, but I look forward to hopefully having <laughs> Deborah Carroll visit the show more often. She cracks me up. My husband and I live north of Austin now, and I'll admit we've gotten a little out of touch with the latest cool and hip places to be in Austin for live music. I go see a Bob show anytime I can. Saxon Pub's always on my list of places to hang where I feel like I'm still in Austin and I grew up in. To Bob and Clint, what are your favorite Austin hangouts, and where can we imbibe on some sweet live music? Who's got the moves, boy? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, Antone's and... um, What's the place on Lamar, uh, a place above um, the Continental? The Gallery? um, Yeah, that's the Gallery, the Continental Gallery, I think, and then there's the Continental Club. That's on South Congress, and then uh, there's the Broken Spoke on South Lamar. Um, There's a few sort of Austin... The Elephant Room, I would recommend for some great jazz. There's the Elephant Room. It's really one of the worst places to see music, unfortunately. I disagree. I've been there. I've never enjoyed watching, and I've seen some great jazz guys there, and it's never been good. Seaboy's... they they have some jazz there. Uh, I haven't been, but I've heard that that's a better option. Uh, she ends her email. She says, also, Clint, I read in one of your bios that you like watching David Lynch films. What's your favorite? Uh, Eraserhead's easily my favorite. Very close seconds would be Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive. David Lynch's new film is nuts, man. Dude, I loved it. It's so good. It's Well, it's, it's like Eraserhead. It's like right there in between Eraserhead and Blue Velvet. It's what you love about him. It's called What Did Jack Do? It's a 15-minute short film um, where he uh, interrogates a monkey. Dude, how cute is that monkey? It's Well, it's really cute, but all, the eyes are really cute. But it's And the eyes are so expressive. It's so strange. But it's, it's very creepy and surreal. The dialogue is... The, all the dialogue feels like it belongs in another conversation. Like, every line feels like it was plucked out of a different conversation. Right. Well, I'm sure that's what he did. I'm sure he, like, just came up with a bunch of different lines, kind of jumbled it all up. And then, or, I was thinking, I mean, I, immediately after the movie, I went online to see if I could find the original conversation, maybe that that, or the original dialogue. I thought maybe he just found some archival footage of this guy talking and then inserted his own questions in there. But I couldn't find it because at the end and the credits, it says the guy that plays the monkey, he goes, whatever that guy's name is, as himself. Oh, I thought David Lynch was doing the voice of the monkey. 
it's well, it has a guy's name, and he says as himself. Interesting, and that's that's the monkey character. Well, everyone so. needs to go check it out. It's only fifteen minutes, and 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 listen to me. The first couple of minutes are going to feel really weird, and you're going to be like, "What is this shit?" And you're going to be tempted to maybe turn it off. But what happens after about five minutes is the oddness of the dialogue and the pace of this movie starts to take on a dreamlike quality, and then you're sort of immersed in it and i recommend that to you all and it's only 15 minutes yeah well it's like a long form uh like visual poem is really what it is yeah it is like a poem it's a piece of art it's completely a piece of art it's amazing i love him so much um her last question says for the both of us what's your recent most favorite line in a song that you've written i'm okay or maybe not okay kate um that's going to be hard for me to figure out because i write like four songs a week um does anything come to mind for you bob uh no. <laughs> What's one of your favorite lines that you've ever written? I mean, that line from Forty from uh, you know, Forty Dogs, uh you're the color part of the you know, you're the color of the color part of the Wizard of Oz movie. That's a pretty good line. That whole first verse is really pretty good. I've added something to our Patreon, which by the way, we have a Patreon. It's P A T R E O N dot com slash I O K where you can support the show financially. And we've come up with a bunch of cool perks to give you guys for that. One of the things that I've added is at a certain level of the Patreon, you will get a download link to every song I write that month. So for the month of January, it's 11 songs. It's going to be anywhere from 5 to 20 songs each month. So that's going to stack up quite a bit. Uh, And anyone who signs up at any tier on Patreon gets a sampler of 13 of the best songs I co-wrote last year. And these are all fully produced. They're not like iPhone demos. So... Just wanted to put a little marker in the sand there. One more email before we split. And then we'll be caught up, which is nice. Hey, baby. You ready to go play in the snow? We're going to go in just a few minutes. Okay. Five? Oh, I thought. You thought that? Yeah. All right, cool. We'll go do your thing, and uh, we'll go out in about five minutes. Uh, Craig Soderberg writes and says, Love the podcast. Hey, guys, I've been lucky enough to be a professional musician for 25 years. The first 15 I spent on the road in an original band and stayed single. But the last 10 have been in a cover. I've been a cover musician playing for tourists and living with my girlfriend trying to help her raise her two daughters. I love when you guys commiserate about the difficulty of your relationships. And I relate to how you guys get all the love from strangers while you're on stage. But when you come home, you're just another dude who doesn't live up to your wife's expectations. When it comes to songwriting, I seem to write all my stuff on the nose. No room for wondering what I'm thinking, just straight to the point. I've heard Bob say on his podcast, I don't want to hear your stupid love song about your stupid girlfriend. Write something interesting. Paraphrasing. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't like much of what I've written. I also know that Bob doesn't like playing covers. What I wonder, Bob, is how you feel about someone who covers your music. My Bob list is up to 38 songs now, 13 of which are not on any of your albums. I listen to your Monday shows every week and tend to add any song that really hits me, whether it's for the cool lyrics, humor, or just a cool vibe. In your fan community, you have hits that may never have even made it onto an official album, which I think is awesome. I even love a lot of the weird stuff like Beatles have no bones, bad times make the good times better, and I hope they miss me when I'm gone. When I describe you to people, I say, can you imagine if your favorite artist put out new music all the time? Anyway, I love playing your songs and love listening to the podcast. Take care. Thanks, Craig. That's really sweet, dude. Yeah, thanks, Craig. That's awesome. As far as people covering my songs, I don't think there's any greater... There's no... Nothing fills me with more joy than somebody covering one of my songs. Like it makes me feel so like somebody actually likes it enough that they've taken the time to learn it. And now they're playing it. That's the coolest. I love it. I love it. That's awesome, dude. So 
Well, he says he's cover. He covers thirty-eight of your songs. That's a lot. That's great. I love it. Ten of which are on any of your albums. So, speaking of that, if you go to Bob's other podcast, The Song Club, you can get interesting glimpses inside a lot of those songs, how they're written. And I think if you join the Patreon over there, you actually get these songs. So, pretty cool thing over there that you're doing. No comment. Any comment? You got the moves, boy. Uh, I. I mean, I got the moves, boy, but uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say besides I got the moves, boy. Well, here's the deal. Right into the show, Bob and Clint at gmail.com. We read all the emails on the show that we can fit in, but the show's growing quite a bit, so they're starting to stack up. We're caught up now, but it takes us weeks to get caught up. But nevertheless, persevere, write the email. We love talking about stuff that you guys want us to talk about. Go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash IOK. It's easy to find. Follow us on the socials. Leave the positive review on iTunes. Anything else, Bobby Schnizzles? I think we should let people know that, let's say, you just listened to this podcast and you're like, man, I wish I wish there was maybe just like five more minutes of the podcast. Well, there is. It's called The Secret Weekly, which you can join by going to patreon.com backslash IOK. You can join today and you can get a little secret peek inside the clubhouse, which... You get, what do you get that? Like every week? It's every week. Every week you get the secret weekly. So it's just a little extra, I'm okay, you're okay, to make sure that you're okay. I'm okay. And when you do sign up for Patreon, it unlocks every other secret weekly. So these are going to start to stack up. So it's basically just a bunch of bonus content to say thanks to our patrons for supporting the show. All right. (laughs) 